what I can see in front of me is some beautiful hills with trees, just greenery all around me, something that I just love to be part of. There's a lot of space, there's a lot of freedom. I get up every day and I think, wow, I'm very lucky to be here. You'll see badgers everywhere, the foxes are out and about. Recently we've actually had the occasional um, golden eagle spotted. The thing that I notice, and I'm just going to do this now, you just... You just breathe in yeah. the, the cleanest air, yeah. don't you? Yeah, the fresh air. We're only an hour, less than an hour from Edinburgh, from the airport. We've got beautiful countryside, we've got great food, great drink. We've got history, we're surrounded by this. Look at this, this is amazing. The one thing I should say is that Scotland genuinely starts here. And that is why we've called this the Scotland Starts Here podcast. My name is Dave Howard and over four episodes I've been given the brilliant task of finding out as much as I can about what the Scottish borders and Midlothian have on offer for tourists and visitors. Our hope is that you'll like what you hear and treat it as inspiration for booking your next holiday, short break or, honestly, even day trip if you live in Scotland's central belt or pretty much anywhere in the north of England. For example, I live in Edinburgh, and my first stop in this, our second episode of Scotland Starts Here, is a hiking trail leading to a stunning waterfall in the breathtaking Pentland Hills, just 20 minutes from my house. My name's Tommy McManman. I'm a natural heritage officer for the Pentland Hills Regional Park. One of the interesting things about the Pentland Hills is that they are bang on the outskirts of Edinburgh. There's a bypass that goes around the south side of Edinburgh, and there is no development to the south of it and you're instantly in the Pentland Hills. So it's quite unusual to find a hill range right next to a city. And of course we've got loads of reservoirs. So one of the things that marks out the Pentlands is the sheer number of reservoirs we've got which were originally built for either provision of drinking water or for providing power to mills. These uh, reservoirs are now primarily used for uh, recreation and, and leisure, so there's, a, there's angling on pretty much all of them. And of course people are swimming and kayaking and doing all sorts in there as well. And as you, you head further south, there's a great ridge goes down the whole east side of the Pentlands, which culminates in West Kip and East Kip, which are actually amazingly narrow, precipitous little hills. You feel like you're way up in the northwest of Scotland or something, you know, they're, they're great little hills. And that takes you all the way down towards Carlops, which is a cosy wee village, which has got a wee pub down there as well. I'm amazed at the amount of people who don't even think they exist because they've got their sights set on the Loch Ness Monster or somewhere like that, you know. So you've got all of Scotland in miniature, really, here 10, 12 minutes from, you know, the country's capital, Scotland's capital. Exactly. The area we're in now has actually been used by film production companies if they're wanting to reproduce the highlands. The waterfall is an interesting one. It's the overflow from the reservoir, but it can actually be controlled. And there was a, a great story from about uh, oof, 10 years ago when a, a film and production company turned up. And they turned up here and they were looking around and they're thinking, well, it's nice here, but... It's not quite what we're looking for. And the ranger turned to them and said, would you like a waterfall? And, <laughs> and the guy looked at him and said, 
uh, yes, where are we going? He said, no, 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 you just stay here. And he went and jumped behind a bush and got on his radio to his colleague who's at the top of the waterfall and said, right, turn the water on now. These film guys watched as this waterfall appeared out of nowhere. It's an artificial creation, but it just looks so natural in the landscape here. It really does, yeah. it does. You can hear it now as well as we've walked closer in. That's a brilliant story. Yeah. <laughs> How does the Pentlands here compare to some of the places that are more on the tourist trail? So Loch Lomond or Loch Ness or, you know, the Cairn Gorms. How does the Pentlands compare, given that it's right here on your doorstep? It's gorgeous. It's so close to the city, but you feel so far away. I just had my friend over from Australia and instead of doing all the city stuff, I brought her up here and just done loads of hiking and stuff. Did she thank you for that? She did. She loved it. <laughs> and what do you get out of being outdoors and being active here in the Pentlands? Endorphins. <laughs> I kind of do amateur trail running around the world and this is kind of an ideal little playground for us, really. You can get pretty much an hour outside of town and, and run for hours, so it's pretty good. Like everyone we're meeting in these podcasts, Pentlands Heritage Officer Tommy wants to share the delights and beauties of these hills with as many visitors and tourists as possible. But he's also wary. People need to follow park rules, he says, and if possible, come by bus. We're not discouraging people at all. Everybody's coming here and they're having a great time. At the same time, we're, we're definitely not trying to put big adverts up in Princess Street saying come out to the Pentlands. If we do have lots and lots of visitors, and you'll see it on a winter's day, and if it's really sunny, you'll see the amount of cars that are parked in the main car parks at Harlow and Flutterston. It's, it's too much. There's cars on the main road parked all the way up there. So I would encourage, if you're coming, to uh, get public transport. We've provided a leaflet on how to get to the Pentland Hills by bus. Um, you can download that from us at our website. The other thing you can do is visit one of our less used car parks. There's great wee car parks like at uh, Castle Law, which is um, up by the Ministry of Defence ground. There's an old souterrain, you can check that out. Or down by Nine Mile Burn, or even Carlops, which is just outside the regional park, but it's a really good way to access in the southern tip of the regional park. So, okay, don't not come, but do plan and do... Try to be mindful, try to rub along as best we all can with the rest of the park's users and obviously the park's owners as well, the landowners. Absolutely. And if you see anything when you're out and about in the park that concerns you, say an animal like a sheep in distress, just give us a ring. Our number's on our, our leaflet and on our website and uh, we check our emails on a regular basis, pentlandhills at edinburgh.gov.uk. Okay. Well, uh, Tommy, I think it's you're probably a contender for the person with the greatest job in Scotland. <laughs> do you ever feel that? I do sometimes get people saying that to me. I do enjoy it very much. All right, they can turn the waterfall off now. We're finished. <laughs> yeah. So this... Here's, here's a big chap. Handsome chap is a Clydesdale. Scottish native breed, endangered. Hey, hello, gorgeous. It's claimed that there are more horses per head of population in the borders than anywhere else in Scotland. And... Many of them are available for rent. I don't actually know his name. Is it a chap? It's a lady. That's maybe why he's upset with us. <laughs> My name is Gowan Miller. I'm project coordinator for a leader-funded project called Ride Scottish Borders. So we're primarily here to promote equestrian tourism. People bringing their horses on holiday, essentially. Or coming somewhere like we are today, which is Cayley Equestrian, tucked away in the hills of Peebles, 
Suzanne McIntosh runs this establishment and she's got over 60 horses that you can hire out, go riding, trekking away up in the hills just behind us. I think that's a brilliant opportunity to people who are horse lovers because obviously not everybody can travel with horses, not everybody has a horse. No, absolutely. And we've got 350, well, over 350 kilometres of waymarked horse accessible trails, which as far as we know, we don't know there's anything else like that anywhere else in the UK. And just looking around us here at the beautiful countryside, we're in this valley and I was driving by earlier, there was a ruined tower Mm. uh, and a country park nearby. It's just the most idyllic landscape to do something like that, isn't it? But it's also, it's not as remote as the Highlands. You're never too far from a town, really. So it's, it's great. You can go away and you can't see anybody for four days or you can be riding around the edge of a town. And a, a phenomenal amount of horse hire because of the common ridings. Right, and I want to get into that because we heard all about the common ridings in the history episode of Scotland Starts Here. Do go and listen to that one if you haven't heard it already. But the key thing, Gowan, is that the horses that we're standing beside here Mm. and the horses that you can come and rent and do these trails with are the same horses in large part that are used in the the commons ridings. Absolutely. Suzanne hires out to lots of people, but yes, a lot of her horses are what they call the callants or the bra lads, so the principal rider's horses. So they're all very, really good forward-going horses. It's not um, beach donkeys around here. Hello. <laughs> I'm getting eaten again. This one likes the look of your collar. Yes, I've got a furry collar on, which seems to be quite popular. Um, step away. I'm, I'm not sure about the health and safety aspects. Um, so how can people get in touch? Whether people want to bring their own horses and find out about trails or, or find out how they can rent horses for, for yeah. trekking, what, what do they need to know? So we have a website which is called Ride Scottish Borders and on there you can have a look at all the trails. We've got over 30 accommodations that are suitable for horses and riders as well as horse hire, vets, farriers. We're kind of moving it to being a repository for everything horse in the Scottish Borders. So that's ridescottishborders.co.uk? Dot com. Dot com. Yes. Gowan, thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we're basically ticking off various modes of transport here, aren't we? But rather than planes, trains and automobiles, so far we've done hiking and horseback. So, up next... This is a Delta Rib built in Manchester. Rib boat riding, setting off from the gorgeous harbour town of Eymouth in the Berwickshire Coast Marine Reserve. It's used by the forces, they drop them out of helicopters and things. They're designed to be just about the best and strongest you can get. Tim Grimshaw runs Eymouth Rib Trips. This coastline is brimming with seabird colonies, seals and pods of dolphins. There's also amazing diving and surfing conditions. So I'll take you on approximately what we do for our slower, more gentle trip. That's Fort Point over there where you'll see some old cannons on the cliff edge in a minute. So we're going to go a little bit faster otherwise we'll never get round in half an hour or 45 minutes. There you are, there's the engine opening up. This is glorious. And Tim, I'm sure this work comes with its busy days and its quiet days and the weather probably defeats you from time to time. But what a way to earn a living. Yes, I'm very lucky doing something that I enjoy doing, giving pleasure to my passengers. And in such a beautiful spot as well. Yes, absolutely, absolutely fabulous stretch of coastline. So this is Coldingham Sands we're at now, 
very pretty, you agree, with the uh, beach huts and everything. But two very good things about it. One is that it's um, quite shallow a long way out, so that means it's incredibly good for surfers. And there's no hidden rocks in the middle here. The only rocks are the ones at the edges. So any surfer that takes a tumble is uh, only going to find a sandy bottom. In two senses of the word. <laughs> yes, probably. And also at the top of the track there, there's the St. Vida's Hotel with a surf shop and they run a surf cam. So you can check on the conditions online before you come down. So very beautiful, very safe. Absolutely beautiful. Hang on, what are we doing now? We're going straight into these rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, are you paying attention? <laughs> yes. The sun is in our eyes, but you can see the entrance to the harbour ahead of us. This is St Tab's Harbour. It's quite a tricky harbour to manoeuvre with this right angle turn just at the entrance. Yeah, it's just a small harbour, but it's very, very pretty. I recognise where we are now from the movies. Oh yes, the, the latest Avengers film. Some of it was filmed here. I'm a huge Avengers fan. I've got my Spider-Man socks on, especially <laughs> for the trip. So. Okay. We've even got a if you come into St Abbs by car, you'll find a sign that says Welcome to St Abbs, twinned with New Asgard, which of course doesn't exist, it's just what they called St Abbs in the film. <laughs> we also had a, a few weeks after that, Harry Styles was filming here, and the whole of that um, embankment at the top there was crowded with young ladies. He was very kind and went and waved and said hello to them all, which was good. He's uh, one of the singers from the band One Direction, isn't he? But what a lovely spot, even without the Hollywood glamour. What a lovely spot. Yes. We're obviously coming up to a, to a promontory now, Tim. Where are we heading? This is St Abbs Head. You can see the lighthouse up there, 80 metres above the sea. On the end is the old Foghorn. they holiday rentals now. You can actually stay up there alongside the lighthouse. Oh, wow. That's a, a seal in front of us. It just put its head out of the water. I missed it. Ah, yes. We probably won't be able to get too near to it because they're very shy. There you go. Peace and quiet. So, we've cut the engine. Tim's cut the engine for us because we have a passenger on the boat who's going to tell us a bit more about why this part of the coast is so special. Janine, hello. Hi. Just introduce yourself. Tell us kind of who you are and, uh, and a bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm uh, the Marine Ranger for the Berwickshire Marine Reserve. So I'm a volunteer who's chosen to come and help with some of the aims of the charity. I was really hoping you'd be able to help us with the science bit. Why is this area protected? Why is it a marine reserve? Why is it so special? Yeah, so this area is where the Gulf Stream and the Arctic currents collide. Um, so it brings a lot of species that we don't get anywhere else in the UK. One of the most popular things that divers want to come and see is a thing called a wolfish. So this is what looks like, to most people see a photo, is like a huge, like, purpley blue. Oh, Tim's just uh, found one. Wow, look at that. <laughs> um, I should say this is a picture. Tim hasn't just found a wolfish. He's found <laughs> us a printout of a picture. Yeah. He's a brute, isn't he? Look so he's an Arctic wolfish. So this is one of our cold water species. The Berwickshire Marine Reserve is very popular with divers um, from all around the world. So we, we get people here who come to dive in UK waters because of the diversity of life that we um, they can see, as well as some of the soft corals and, and other species that are, as you can see, quite a colourful array under the water. I think most people think they would need to go 
to far-flung countries to see exotic fish and marine yeah. coral and these sorts of things. Even the even the seals that we've we've passed, you know, this really is an extraordinary spot. And for many of us, it's on the doorstep. Yeah, it is. And then we get people come out on the rib and there's a pod of dolphins swim past. And a lot of people don't think they can see dolphins in the North Sea. The clarity of the water, it's like, it looks tropical in some places. It's like greeny blue. And then what we're also trying to promote as well, we've got the divers, but um, some of the beaches that we passed, we've launched um, some snorkel trails. So we've got like five self-led snorkel trails that people can hire their own kit from the surf shop and go and discover the underwater world for themselves. We'll head out to sea one more time before the end of the podcast, but we're back on dry land now. Well, it's a bit muddy if I'm honest. We're taking in some of the world famous bike tours and trails that are on offer in Midlothian and the Borders. This is called the Green Road. It's beautiful. It's just a green grassy path all the way down to the road and then along to here. We're only an hour. Less than an hour from Edinburgh, from the airport, we've got beautiful countryside, we've got cycling for all abilities, all types. We've got road cycling, we've got mountain biking, gravel riding, you know, as sedate as you like, as gnarly as you want it to be. We've got great food, great drink, we've got history, we're surrounded by this, look at this, this is amazing. What a place to live and call this work. Introduce yourself, Andy. Oh, my name is Andy McKenna. I own a, a, a cycling tour business, cycling tour and guiding business called Go Wear Scotland. And this is my wife, Anila. Yes, and I am also the owner of Go Wear Scotland. <laughs> we hit a, on a bone of contention quite early wee, on. It's a we, is it? Or an I? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a royal we. <laughs> We've got um, all sorts of riding for all types of abilities. We have uh, trail centres like Glentress. Thousands and thousands of people come there to ride. But apart from that, you've also got the cross-country riding. There's just so much to see in the borders and to be out in the hills, to get here from Edinburgh. It's so quick to get here and there's amazing public transport uh, facilities. You can get the train here with the Borders Railway down to Galashiels or you can get the bus here and you're only 45, 50 minutes away and here all of a sudden you're in this magical place. Now it might sound like I'm interrupting Andy and Anila here in full flow, but at this point I just wanted to bring in someone else I met uh, in a cafe while I was recording an item for the food and drink episode of Scotland Starts Here. That one's still to come. The reason why will make more sense in just a sec, but 22-year-old Jessica has a very particular reason for moving to the Scottish borders with her family from the south of England. I'm a wheelchair user outside of the house, so obviously it's difficult. I can't walk very long distances. So to be able to get out the car, grab my wheelchair and get out and about is just fantastic. What's an example of that? What's an example of a day out or an experience that you've had here in the borders that you wouldn't have been able to have elsewhere because of that accessibility? Um, well, there's a fantastic road um, in St Abbs, um, which if you're a Blue Badge um, owner, you can drive up along to the lighthouse in St Abbs Head. And I never would be able to get there or access that if it wasn't for... Um, the road which is privately owned and they very kindly let um, blue badge holders use it and it meant we could drive up 
see the most stunning views, waterfalls into the sea, and actually see um, seals and their, their pups um, down in the coves below. So, yeah, just a complete privilege for me to be able to access that, and so, so freeing and liberating. And Jessica's not the only one who feels this way about the borders and Midlothian. Back to Andy McKenna. I have my own health challenges with multiple sclerosis, have done for about 12 years now. And ironically, it was the catalyst to kick off our guiding and holiday business uh, because I realised that being in the outdoors is medicine in its own right. And I know how much it gives me personally. So being able to open that up to more people of all abilities and disabilities and what it can give everyone is a, is a real privilege. So one of the things that I do is uh, women only tours because it's um, important to get more women into the sport as well. We do three days with a bit of coaching and they learn some new skills and it's great to just get them to experience that and they really feel confident at the end of that. So if people want to find GoWare online and learn more about how to get in contact with your business, what, what do they need to do? All they need to do is hop on the website or they'll find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, whether it's just a day ride or whether you want to have a full holiday package. We are set up to take care of everything from guiding, bike rental, transportation, accommodation, the whole shebang. Perfect, guys. Thank you very much indeed. I've interrupted your ride, haven't I? No, no, <laughs> this is a bonus. We didn't expect to be riding our bikes today at all. We've got we've get spreadsheets and, and Skype calls and all that mundane stuff, so this is a treat to be outside. <laughs> True, the problems of running a business, even yeah. if it's a business in an area that you love. Yeah, Thank you both bye. very much. Bye. So I'll show you them working as a team. Next up, a chance to be part of something nearly as old as the hills in this part of Scotland. Traditional style shepherding with border collies and a truly expert handler. So if I want to send her to the right. Daddy. My name's Julie Hill and I've been shepherding now for nearly 40 years. We run about... With the lambs, we're running about a 1,000 sheep in the summer and probably 500 in the winter. So we lamb out on the hill. Everything's done on the hill. So the dogs make that possible. I wanted to learn the traditions rather than just be a hobbyist. So I thought the best way was actually to become a shepherd and learn, you know, learn on the job. Just yeah. describe the, uh, the area, the location. It really is sort of classic Scottish countryside here, yeah. isn't it? We nestle in between the, in the Morfolk Hills. There's a lot of space, there's a lot of freedom, and it's so beautiful. And every day you get up, especially where I live, I get up every day and I think, wow, I'm very lucky to be here. The thing that I notice, and I'm just going to do this now, you just... You just breathe in the, yep. the cleanest air, yep. don't you? Yeah, the fresh air. And everybody that comes here and meets me at the farm, they think it's the best thing. They're, they're so pleased they come out of the city and come into the borders. A lot of people are quite fascinated and want when they come and travel into the borders, they want, of course, to see the border collie. Seeing as the farm sits half an hour away from Edinburgh, I thought it's perfect location for letting people, tourists, come in and, and see the dogs working where they were born to do it. You know, on the hills, they see them in real action. 
and uh, everybody that comes find it fascinating. So I tell them a little bit about the Border Collie, how we train it, how we start them, and then progress to my main work dogs who give a tremendous demonstration of their ability, really. What are those whistles actually saying to them then? So, go left, go right, steady. So this is a steady. Lolly. That says go left a bit. Left a bit again. It's directions I'm giving them. And when I don't blow any whistle or just a steady whistle, I'm expecting that they just balance the sheep towards me. So I do, you know, I do quite a lot of groups, tour groups, um, but they have to book because with it being a busy farm as well, I have to fit it in around my busy schedule. But, you know, I, I try to fit people in because I know how much it means to them to be able to come out and see the dogs. And most people say it's the highlight of their, their trip. So I guess the important bit, as far as you're concerned, Anybody who's listening to this and wants to find out about you or, or get in touch with you to book a session, what do they need to do? Mainly go to my website, which is Nethill Border Collies, N-E-T-H, Hill Border Collies. Brilliant, thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was nice to meet you. Well, I did say we'd be back out on Tim's rib boat before the end of the podcast this time, and here we are. Tim does two different types of rib tour from Eymouth Harbour. That sedate sightseeing trip we did earlier. If you want to grab a seat then, maybe with Janine there in the front. And also a high adrenaline, blood pumping thrill ride. We'll do the speedy bit on the way back. I'm not sure about that, but okay. <laughs> Sit in the middle, right, okay. Please feel free to stop listening now if you don't want to hear me completely lose my cool. He wasn't kidding. Oh! We're crashing over the waves. Oh! I've no idea if any of this audio will be usable because we're going so fast through the through the wind, it's going to affect the microphone, but hopefully you'll get some sense of what we're doing. This is superb. I'm glad I'm sat in the middle though and not on the, one of the edges. Yeah, get a bit of a wet leg. Oh. I thought he was going fast before, but he sped up again. We're going diagonally into the waves now, so we're kind of being jolted in a sort of a figure of eight motion. This is excellent, right? Set you up for the day. Yes. Yeah. Sea air. <laughs> I like sea air, but not when it's being jammed right up my nostrils <laughs> at speed. We're just turning the corner now to head back into Eymouth Harbour. We're still going at some speed, but I'm thinking Tim's going to ease off the throttle quite soon. Or at least I hope he does. Is that a seal there? Yeah. Goodness me. So we're just back into the harbour. And on the, the left, the port side, we're just going past three adult seals? Uh, grey seals, yeah. There's a, a couple of them that are resident in the harbour during the, the summer they get all the leftovers from the, 
the fishermen coming in. They do blend in with the rocks really well, don't they? Tim, that was, that was superb. Thank you very much. That's okay. So just before we get back into harbour, let people know where they can find you and find out a bit more about maybe taking either the uh, high adrenaline tour we've just experienced or the, or the more sedate version we did on the way out. Well, we're based in Eymouth Harbour. We're right there on the pontoon, just on the town side. We have a website, obviously, with um, details of all the trips and also you can book online. We operate from April to the end of September, sometimes into October as well if the weather's not too bad. So what is that website? Eymouth Rib Trips uh, is all you need to put into Google. Eymouth Rib Trips. Okay, it's quite hard to say with the cold face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we've got time for in this second edition of Scotland Starts Here. Thanks so much to Tommy, Gowan, Andy, Anila, Julie, Tim and Janine. Hey, how you doing? How was your day today? Because I know you've had a bad week. If you've enjoyed listening, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and share this episode with anyone else you know who you think should discover the borders of Midlothian. And I said I'll be there the darkest eyes and I'll bring you the light. And to find out more about the places featured, head to our website, that's scotlandstartshere.com, and follow Scotland Starts Here on social media. There's also an app you can download to your phone. It's a brilliant resource, packed with stories, songs, and loads of suggestions for trips out you can make and places to explore. These Scotland Starts Here podcasts celebrate all that's great about the Scottish borders and Midlothian, and that's right down to the music we use. So, big thanks also to talented young borders singer-songwriter Evie Archenhold, whose song we're listening to right now. This track is called A Thousand Miles Away. Evie's part of a talented collective of young musicians from this area that release music with the help of Sound Cycle, the Borders Youth Music Forum. They've got three brilliant albums, Weave, Warp and Weft. This track is on the album Weave. Check them out at soundcycle.bandcamp.com. And finally, speaking of Weave, Warp and Weft, Next time, we'll be getting much more familiar with those words. We'll be exploring the arts and crafts of Midlothian and the borders, and in particular, this area's famous relationship with fashion and textiles. <laughs>